This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. Sorry, that's scary. Did I have your headset too loud? (laughs) Jessica Cootie is with us today as we kick off our coverage for OU Ohio State here on the Sooner Podcast. And, by the way, this is the tailgate. It's our final word before kickoff. We may have a special Friday edition uh, with Toby. Kind of, He's been doing so many interviews. uh, I don't know what your plate has been like. But, Jess, it's been wild how many people reach out. Like, hey, so-and-so in Washington. Hey, so-and-so in Maine. I had a request from Maine Sports Radio to do something this week. But what's your excitement level as we record this? It's a Thursday, counting down to game day. How are you feeling right now? Man, it's it's exciting. You know, it's we've talked about this throughout the week. But, like, it just – this type of matchup just – doesn't happen you know uh in in non-conference too often it's and it's you know there there's maybe one or two of these games in college football a year and for it to be Oklahoma be the one of the schools that's involved in this matchup that's it's really exciting to to be able to be a part of it and it's exciting to think about this being I don't want to say the first first game but the first true feeling of what this atmosphere might be like we had a right. little sense of it on Saturday night against GOLM but Jess you and I have talked about it in our, in our radio show we've talked about it on uh, Spotlight this week that energy that's going to be there on Saturday night I think will be something pretty special that we'll talk about for a while yeah I and and we've seen kind of the challenges kind of go out from Ty Darlington you know he wrote the blog we've um and and uh he did a his take on it on um, the huddle show on Tuesday night and they clipped that off and so I know OU football uh, you know social media accounts have been pushing that out uh, a lot of people have kind of bought into that and and really uh, I think gotten fired up about that about mm-hmm. not just uh, seeing and watching a game but being a part of the game and so uh, I think uh, the fans are have have accepted the challenge and I think it's going to be pretty pretty rowdy crowd on on Saturday for those that uh, haven't heard yet we have added the tune in radio app so you can listen to OU football OU basketball for free all season long just download the tune in radio app now Jess obviously this is a matchup of monumental coaches from what Urban Meyer did at Florida and now at Ohio State to what Bob Stoops has done at Oklahoma it doesn't get much better than these two blue bloods, not just from programs, but from coaches going at it. So this week, you've dug a little bit deeper into Bob Stoops now in his 18th season. And that 18 number is an important one. Yeah, so, well, first of all, there's not a longer tenured coach in college football. You it's know, amazing. And, and um, you know, in the world of college football, where, you know, every year there's just like this ongoing carousel, right? Like, right. Um, you know, coaches move on, coaches uh, are – let go you know of all of the different reasons but um so you you know for bob to have been at a program like oklahoma and have done what he's done and not moved away from you know he's had lots of opportunities so for him right. to to stay here and to be here for 18 seasons uh pretty remarkable and again you just don't see it in college football anymore and um you know we've we've heard you know the stories about um Bob growing up and having a, a coach as a dad and, and Mike and of course all the Stoops brothers are coaches uh, but it's also the area that they're from I mean Youngstown Ohio the Ohio um, just the line of coaches the the legacy of all of the I mean just across the country it's they, unreal right it, it's last week against ULM their offensive coordinator 
younger guy, but went to the same high school as as Bob and Mike. Um, the offensive coordinator this week, same thing. Uh, you know, it's 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 you you see it a lot, but then you you really sit back and think about it. So, um, you know, in in doing this feature this week on Coach Stoops and and his legacy, his tenure here at Oklahoma, I got to sit down with Mike Stoops. He was great. Uh, he has been great. Yeah, he, he has been great. Period. Yeah, he was uh, he was a lot of fun, and so. I asked my very first question off the bat were, was, you know, were you guys destined to be coaches? We grew up in that environment, uh, obviously, with our father being so involved. In, and then the importance, uh, I think, of all of that, uh, the coaching, uh, being in, from such a prominent high school uh, where football was a priority. And it's kind of a way of life kind of growing up that was uh, – that was our outlet. We, we truly enjoyed all sports, played uh, football out on the streets growing up uh, as early as I can remember. And then in the backyard and just kind of, you know, fell in love with it and very passionate about, you know, playing when we played. And then, you know, obviously being around so many quality coaches uh, had a great influence, I think, on all of us. Now, you didn't just talk to Mike in all of this you also sat down with Joe Castiglione who looking back I I'm old enough to have covered Jess <laughs> whenever there was the stakes if you will for who's going to be the next head coach at Oklahoma back when he was hired in what was that the summer of 99 I can remember it was Jim Donnan Dennis Franchoni and all the fans wanted Jim Donnan there was a radio show that had a song they had made that was Jim Donnan to the rescue instead of Jim Dandy to the rescue <laughs> yeah so that shows you how interesting it is to see how that decision panned out. Now, you had a chance to sit down with Joe C. about that decision, didn't you? Yeah, I did. And, well, I, it was kind of funny. I asked him, I was like, do you ever, uh, you know, pat yourself on the back for some of the hires you've made? Like, yeah, I made that hire. Because, I mean, you think about some of the incredible hires that he's made, and, and they're some of the best coaches, you know, in the country and have done some remarkable things under his leadership. But, yeah, so, you know, the I asked him, could you have ever, you know, dreamed that, this could be what it has, um, you know, turned out to be, and, and this is, was his response. Actually, I did. <laughs> I didn't want to have to hire another football coach anytime soon. About the only thing one can't accurately predict is how long each of us could be somewhere, but I did have a hope that this would be the only coach I'd ever have to hire at Oklahoma. And... I felt like um, whatever time it took, we were going to have a terrific national championship type of program. Well, I don't think anyone, you know, knows what to expect. Uh, but, you know, we were able to turn things around, obviously, very quickly in our first year. And then winning the national championship our second year, that, that was uh, an unbelievable feat for, for our players. and in our coaches, but, um, you know, Bob just has a great, you know, way with, with uh, you know, players and, and coaches, and uh, the players did a great job buying in early on and were really hungry for success. And, uh, you know, we really strived and demanded uh, our players do things a certain way, and they, you know, to their credit, they bought in quickly, and we were able to, you know, win that championship. I thought Mike Stoops has been awesome. And to know that they had that success early, it set expectation levels high. But, Jess, it also started the the clock kind of ticking in fans' minds, which was – 
oh my gosh, Bob's an Ohio guy. If Ohio State comes open, and it did, uh, Cleveland Browns, he's going to go there. Flor- oh, he coached at Florida, he's going to go there. But you, you had some good stuff with Mike Stoops about loyalty, didn't you? Before we get to that, I asked Mike, too, about um, if they grew up being – growing up cheering for Ohio State, and they were more NFL fans. So they were not gotcha. even, you know, I think a lot of people thought, oh, they're from Ohio, they were Ohio State fans. But they they were more NFL fans more than anything. But, um, yeah, every year, right, it seems like there's rumors that circulate that <laughs> uh, Coach Stoops is going to be the next coach wherever, and, and, all, and every year he stays. And um, I thought Mike, put it better than probably anybody could even probably better than Bob could about why he and and um, you know why it's in them as you know stoops the the brothers why it's in them to continue to be loyal to the places that they're at well I think it just says more about his loyalty to you know his people his his coaches his players uh, that's really you know those are values that were you know kind of instilled in us at a very young age and not looking for, you know, ever looking for the next opportunity, uh, really trying to strive for, uh, you know, greatness in, in the situation you're in. And, and I really think that's the best way. I don't think either one of us or have ever really looked for a job other than the one we had and thinking that that was the best one we ever had. And uh, Bob has believed that, I think, throughout his whole career. And then, you know, getting to work with great people, you know, in the same, the consistency, um, you know, he, he just understands what a great, you know, job it is to be uh, as, you know, the, the head coach here at Oklahoma. Got to admit, you, uh, you, you had handed me some cuts, some, some different things we're going to be able to play. And again, for those that uh, didn't catch it in the open, Jess is doing a feature on Bob Stoops. You talked to Joe Castiglione, you talked to Mike Stoops, you talked to several former players and current players about 18 years on the job. And this is up at Soonersports.tv and it'll be part of Game Day? Game Day, our Game Day show, 10 a.m., Fox Sports Southwest. So you just have this one listed, the hospital story. (laughs) So what's the background here? Well, you know, it's kind of one thing that I think people kind of know about, but I don't know if they know the extent to which he does this. Um, uh, he, he doesn't want people to talk about because he doesn't do it for these reasons. But w- I didn't realize, you hear that he, he goes and visits the hospital, but right. I didn't realize that he is extremely faithful about it during the season. He goes up every single week, at least once, sometimes more than that, um, but at least once a week, every single week during the season and I mean how how do you even find time to do that running uh, you know this football team that's you know preparing to play a, a team like Ohio State but you know he goes up every single weekend um, Kate Tanger who is she's a volunteer up there has been for several 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 years I've gotten to know her through uh, the special spectators visits because she's kind of in charge of that uh, along with Annette Moran and when the kids come from the hospital, they get to come here and get kind of an all-access experience, and they do that every year. And now it's become a national thing. Um, you know, you see it. It's, an, it's a national brand. It's a national uh, nonprofit organization. But it started here at Oklahoma, and a big part of that was because Coach Stoops was going to visit these kids every single week and going to the hospital. So, you know, he wanted to figure out a way how they could come visit them and so that's where it all kind of started and so I I sat down with Kay because I figured she'd know better than anybody come to find out she was the one that started Coach Stoops coming up to the clinic at the Jimmy Everest Center um, but you know at OU Medical the Children's Center uh, she had a nephew that played was a punter on uh, one of Coach Stoops teams and you know I just said 
would you be willing to um, come up and, and visit? And he said, yeah, absolutely. And so he did, and she thought that'd be it. You know, he'd come up once. He brought a couple players, and they spent some time there. And so she's like, you know, that was great. The kids loved it. Um, you know, that'll probably be it. He called her the next week and said, you know, I, I'd like to come back. And he's been coming ever since. And this is like years, wow. like years and years and years. Um, I think like more than 15 years. Um, so, you know, there's been, there's so many, she told me so many stories about, you know, he's been, he's been there when, I mean, so sad when these kids are kind of near the end, you know, there's, there's, um, not much hope, no right? much hope. And, yeah. and he's there holding their hands. He's there with the families. Um, uh, one other quick story before we kind of talk to hear from Kay is, right. you know, you, you, you see the pen on his visor that he wears. That was given to him from one of the kids at the hospital, and and the kid ended up uh, he he didn't make it. He passed away, but you know he asked coach if he'd wear that pin, and he has. And that's again, that's several several years that um, he's done that. Um, there's another story about uh, before the funeral. Um, well, you know, again, it was it was towards the end, and one of the kids, uh, I guess, coach invited him up to the locker room and said, uh, you know have anything you want. I guess uh, that's what he was buried in. It was uh, one of the uh, things that he had picked out from, from oh, the locker wow, room. Man. Yeah, so uh, there's just countless stories like that that, um, again, Coach would never want anybody to hear. Uh, <laughs> but I think it's important that people know that, you know, that this is a huge part of who he is. And, and again, here's Kay Tanger, a volunteer at OU Children's Hospital, about, um, you know, just him coming up and, and visiting these kids. Oh, my goodness. I've seen him sit on the side of kids' beds and talk. It's not about the game of football so much. It, it's about the game of life during the hardest struggles that they're going through. And he'll talk about their dogs, their dogs, their family, what they like. Um, he's just their friend. And they count him as a friend. One, one of the patients calls him Bobby. I mean, <laughs> He's kind of seen him grow up through his treatment, and he calls him Bobby all the time, and Coach Stoops calls him my man. And so he has a relationship with the families. You see him on the football field, and he's just tough, and, and then he comes in here, and he can be so tender. He can play. I've seen him play dolls with little girls. I've seen him throw footballs in the hall with little guys. Um, he is just whatever the families need and what he can do, he's willing to do it. He has a tender, compassionate side that I don't know that a lot of people get to see, but it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, it's, it's pretty thing to see. I know for a fact that there's been many times in the 18 seasons he's been here, he doesn't just make one trip up to the Children's Hospital a week, he goes two, maybe three times because of certain relationships or certain things that he does. And he finds that moment in a day to, to get up there. And, um, and the families that are impacted by his presence and his grace and his humility just can't stop speaking about it. And how could you? I mean, this is, you know, remarkable contribution. And he would probably prefer that we didn't even talk about it because he does not do it for any kind of publicity. He does it because it's just part of an extension of who he is.
I think it's always interesting, Jess, to hear that human side. And that's, again, I'm not just saying this because we're sitting in studio doing this together, but that's what I've always appreciated about your work is you is we see a lot of times that student athlete, and that's all we see. And we see wins or losses. Um, we don't really see the behind-the-scenes stuff. And you're right. Coach doesn't publicize it. He doesn't call you and say, and hey. And Joe I'm said, that, said it yeah. there at the end of that soundbite, too. I didn't mention that. But Joe said it. He would be so mad at us if he knew that we were talking about this. Yeah, but. yeah absolutely. So, uh, again, there is a human side to every story, which gets us to our next story, which was talking to a former player like Ryan Broyles, who shared something pretty awesome about what Bob did for a former Sooner, didn't he? Yeah, again, um, you know, I was talking to Ryan about, um, you know, the just the impact that Coach has made as Coach Chips has made as a coach. But then, you know, Ryan said it's it's just as important to know what he's done in the community. And then he told me a story that I didn't know either. And this is uh, he'll he'll get to talking about Corey Wilson, another former player, and, and what Coach Stoops did for him. Well, yeah, a lot of people see him as the, the face of Oklahoma, the face of Oklahoma football, but he's a person at the end of the day. You know, I remember when I was playing here, he had his kids out here running around. Um, he, he's always family-oriented, and obviously the things that he does in the community. Uh, a good friend of mine, Corey Wilson, actually, when he got in his car, car wreck uh, back a few years, five, five or so years ago, Coach Stoops went to his place, um, bought him a car, um, housed him. So he's a great guy at the end of the day, and that's what you want out of a coach, someone that's not just team-oriented but community-oriented as well. That guy's going to be a superstar, by the way. Yeah. Ryan Broyles. Already it's been also, awesome having him. He's been great. Gives you such great perspective. Now, Ryan has a partner here in talking about what they've learned from Bob Stoops because you asked Baker Mayfield about this as well, too, and Baker's now been in the program going on. You know, This is his third year, had his redshirt season, and now has two seasons. Um, as, as a player, but um, it's about more than just football too, isn't it? It's life lessons. Yeah, and Ryan, uh, you know, we'll hit on it here in a second, but, you know, he was a guy that uh, Coach Stoops gave a second chance to. Uh, you know, Dusty Dvorak was one of those. Yeah. Um, you know, he uh, he makes sure and, and realize, okay, you know, this is your chance, This is, but this is it. And um, – he wants people to learn and, and be better for their mistakes, but he doesn't just, you know, kick you to the curb and, and not care about he, – he, he cares deeply about his players is what I'm getting at. He, he has a very deep love and care for every single one of his players. And so because of that, I think that, that deep and genuine um, caring for them, he wants them to be come to Oklahoma and be better – not just better football players, but better men when they leave. I think that's the most important aspect of football. I think it, it teaches you a lot more lessons than people think just about life in general. Uh, facing adversity is something he talks about uh, almost every day is, is when something bad happens, how are you going to react to it? Uh, are you going to cower down or are you going to fight back and, and, and make it go the right way? So he, he teaches us life lessons all the time and not necessarily putting it into a perspective where we think about it that way, but he, he's doing it without us knowing. Coach Stoops is, um, I guess at the end of the day, he, he's um, I guess not an instructor, but he's um, a constructive criticism type of person. I remember when I got in trouble my, my freshman year here, he looked me in my eye and said, hey son, this is your last chance. And you have to respect someone that can give you another chance. And he does that, especially at this level, high school kids coming in thinking they are this, that, and the other. Um, he can humble you. And at the same time, he's not going to just 
kick you out the door. He's going to walk through the process with you. He's going to get put good people around you. And he can understand. He's, he's good at relating with the person that is a knucklehead, the person that's a straight, straight narrow shooter. Um, but he's, he's definitely a people person, a person that you want to look up to. He's definitely a person you do not want to uh, to tick off as, as well because he, he's the type of parent that doesn't say I'm mad at you. It's you disappointed me, and you understand that when it comes to coaching. Uh, and, Jess, before we let you run, there was one more cut that we wanted to get to. Again, uh, this will be on game day, 10 a.m. Saturday morning, Fox Sports Southwest, and on Soonersports.tv. Um, but some final thoughts from Joe C. and Baker, right? Yeah, um, just kind of wrapping it up, putting a little bow on it here. Uh, and these are a lot of the things that I am not able to include in my feature, and so I think this is kind of a cool That's like, what I love exclusive. about doing this, absolutely. Yeah. These are things that unfortunately ended on the, what, cutting room floor, I guess yeah. is a good way to put it. Because, I mean, I talked to five people, and they all have their own individual stories, right? And, you know, I've got to get it condensed. So this is kind of a, a way that I can kind of share some of the things that I thought that they they said that were really great stuff but again it's just kind of a little bit too long maybe to include and so uh i think joe wraps it up perfectly here talking about um you know bob coming in and and um going back to the players and understanding that it's more than just playing football but then you know the the legacy that he's left and then baker follows it up we didn't talk about this either, but a lot of these players, that's all they've ever known. The recruiting class that they've got coming in in 2017, so the seniors that are uh, mm -hmm. the high school seniors now, were born the year Bob was hired. So these these recruits from here on out were not even alive when, when Bob was hired. Wow. And so, you know, Baker grew up a fan, right, of, of OU football. So I thought his kind of take on, on getting to play for Coach Stoops was, was a, a great take as well when they finish and look back and see that the experience was great about football, yes, but so much more that he has put his players in a position to be more successful in the life that they are going to have when they leave. That's when the whole realization, maybe it's a little bit of a, an epiphany, you know, an aha. Now I see what Coach Stoops was talking about. Now I understand and then they have just an even higher level of respect and love for their coach. And I think that's just the, you know, one of the examples of how he has uplifted so many players that have been here, those that were here when he arrived and those that he's recruited. Uh, I think we're starting to realize that some of those that he recruits right now weren't even alive when he came here. That's quite a startling uh, <laughs> recollection. I didn't stop to think about that until somebody told me. But uh, it, it really is um, remarkable because he, you know, has not only created such a high level of success and added to an enormous uh, continuation of tradition. You know, it started with Benny Owen and then Bud Wilkinson and then Barry Switzer and now to Coach Stoops. Um, and so he connects with all that history, but he's he set the bar for history pretty high himself. Would there be any other coach you'd want to play here? Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. How come? I just uh, grew up watching him, and the, the first time I met him, it was uh, almost surreal. Uh, I grew up watching him coach OU football, and, and the fact that I'm able to, to come here and play for him and know what his expectations are and, and kind of 
be more firsthand. Uh, I get to talk to him about anything now. It's, it's pretty special to me. All right, so we should tell everyone that not only can they see this full feature on Saturday morning, but on Soonersports.tv, you'll also release it on your Twitter feed at Jessica Cootie, and right. we'll have it uh, at Soonersports.tv. So a uh, final thought before I let you go. Yeah, look for it Friday um, afternoon, uh, and then again game day, 10 a.m. We'll have a great show coming up again, Ryan Broyles, Ty Darlington. I'm excited. It's going to be – I think it, this is going to be one of those moments that we're going to talk about, um, you know, for the rest of our lives, you know, as, as sports fans, this is again, like, I just can't really, I guess, put it into perspective eloquently enough, just how, um, remarkable this, this opportunity is for Sooner fans, for the players, uh, for us to be a part of as well. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what, how, I just want to take it all in and, and really, uh, relish it and and cherish it. (laughs) Awesome. Thanks, Jess. Thanks. Appreciate it. Had fun. The Sooner Sports Podcast is brought to you by the Riverwind Resort and Allstate. The Riverwind Resort, home to a luxury hotel, fine dining, top name concerts, and never-ending rewards. Riverwind Resort, the place to be. And by Allstate, a proud sponsor of Oklahoma football, it's good to be in good hands. I had a chance to catch up with FoxSports.com Stuart Mandel, who will be in the house on Saturday night to kind of get his perspective on this matchup and what stood out about Oklahoma the first couple of weeks of the season. Well, it's not necessarily a specific X's and O's advantage, but they have a, a huge advantage in experience and playing games like this. You know, they've already played one huge game this year against Houston. All Ohio State's been playing these kind of tune-up games at home, and they've got all these, you know, all these guys who played in the college football playoff last year. Ohio State, you know, JT Barrett's obviously been in big games. A couple of the other guys as well, but for most of those key players, especially on defense, um, this is their first time going on the road playing. Uh, you know, starting and playing the whole game against a Power 5 opponent. I think that's a huge element. How uh, Can we even begin to put into terms the monster, the monster the monstrous nature, I guess, of this game for Oklahoma's playoff hopes. Listen, they're going to have to run the table regardless. But, Stuart, it's very rare when you have another opportunity after an early season loss to kind of help really put salve on that wound. I mean, every adjective for monstrous that you can come up with fits as far as playoff hopes for Oklahoma when it comes to winning this game Saturday, right? Yeah, I mean, look, there's always the scenario that if you lose the game and turn around and, and run the table in the Big 12 that you'd still be in the mix. Because I do think that, we, you know, we will see two lost conference champs in the playoff at some point. It just didn't work out that way the first two years. But obviously that's not something you want to count on. So, I mean, it's crazy. The third game of the season that they have so much at stake, but they do. Uh, that's why I think, you know, there's going to be a bit of an air of desperation, and, and I certainly think that should – should help them out um, as well. Ohio State's in a bit of a, um, you know, a win. not that they don't want to win the game, obviously, but uh, this is a team where the expectations are a little bit lower coming into the season. Obviously, they're ranked very high, but it's not, they're not playing with the burden that they were last season. Everybody expected them to repeat as national champs. So it would be huge to get the win against Oklahoma, but I don't think it would be devastating if they lose. It would be devastating for Oklahoma uh, to fall to 1-2 and two in a season when, they coming off the playoff and prohibitive favorites to win the Big 12 and go back to the playoff. What's impressed you about Baker Mayfield? I mean, obviously, the interview part is amazing, but on the field, Stuart, what's really stood out to you with how Baker has consistently improved, it seems, every time he steps on the field? What catches your eye with Baker Mayfield? I mean, he's fearless. And it shows in the way he plays and, and an ability to be fearless but not reckless. And that 
is something that a lot of quarterbacks struggle with. Uh, some quarterbacks play too tight or afraid to make a mistake. Some quarterbacks are, you know, like I just said, reckless, uh, don't have any restraint. You know, I think he's not afraid to take chances. He has so much confidence in his ability, obviously. Um, but to this point, he hasn't, you know, had any games where he, you know, just threw three, you know, threw a bunch of interceptions or made poor decisions and that doomed the Sooners. You know, obviously he's had a few losses, but none of those games that I feel like he is out there being reckless. And so I think in an offense that Lincoln Riley wants to run, you're going to throw the ball a lot. And, you know, frankly, some of those air raid teams, that that's what does them in. They'll throw for 500 yards, but they'll throw four interceptions. He's not that kind of quarterback. How has Urban Meyer done it? I mean, uh, and, and I obviously he's a great coach, but 18 consecutive true road wins. I mean, the guy, you know, in, inevitably there seems to be a drop when you go on the road. It seems like this Ohio State team plays better. I had one of the Buckeye reporters on. He said, I think this team likes playing the heel role, the bad guy role. What is it that you see, Stuart, that makes Ohio State so good on the road? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't know that there's a specific reason why they're so good on the road. I just think that, He's 50 and four at Ohio State. They don't lose often anywhere. Um, you know, part of that is they, you know, I feel like there are three programs in the country, Alabama, uh, Florida State, and Ohio State, that are just recruiting better than everybody else. They get what they want. Um, players develop. They they turn out. You know, they're not one of these schools that signs a whole bunch of four- and five-star guys and they're all busts. Uh, you know, the, player, the players often, most often, live up to the hype. And they're very well-prepared and, you know, Actually, uh, there's some good anecdotes from Coach Wanstead, too, on the podcast about uh, he visited Columbus this week. Does a, did a sit-down there with Meyer for the uh, pregame show Saturday, Dr. Greg Schiano, and there were some tidbits in there I hadn't heard yet about how uh, Meyer had approached this season where he knew he was going to be playing with an extremely young team. He just thinks of things that I don't think a lot of other coaches out there think of. It's a pretty impressive coaching tree, too. <laughs> I mean, you look at uh, yeah. Chris Ash over at Rutgers in his first year, uh, DJ Durkin, obviously we've seen Tom Herman, Charlie Strong's on that list as well, too. But then I'm also impressed with how he brings a guy back, like uh, like a Greg Schiano, and it's almost as if they really – they found another level with that defense. And here's Schiano, who a lot of people have, have criticized, maybe didn't get enough time at Tampa, did an incredible job at Rutgers – but, I mean, I, I think that kind of also speaks to what a job he's done where you can bring in someone, pair him with your defensive coordinator, make him co-defensive coordinators, and I know it's a young defense, but, Stuart, it's almost as if schematically they're better than they were last year. I mean, not many not many coaches, not many programs could convince a guy like Shannon, who's been a, a college head coach, an NFL head coach, to come be the co-defensive coordinator. Now, I don't think anybody's under the delusion that he's there for the long term. It's a chance for him to get back into coaching and maybe use it as a springboard back into head coaching. But um, you know, he just lost Chris Ash to Rutgers. He had he was only there two years. He had a great impact on that defense and uh, really changed the way they tackle, the way they play. Uh, this was a you know a huge pickup. You know I'm very curious to see this week because yes, they through two games the defense has been just dominant. They're changing the field. They're they're scoring defensive touchdowns, but. Uh, you know, and, and against offenses that in Bowling Green and Tulsa were very productive last season. So, you know, this isn't, uh, these weren't uh, teams that should be necessarily easy to keep out of the end zone. But of course, this is a huge step up this week. 
And, I'm, you know, the secondary in particular for Ohio State has been outstanding, and I'm very curious to see how they uh, handled stuff up in competition. Stuart, before I let you run, uh, from your perspective, will we continue to see early season games like this? Week one was phenomenal this year. Um, but as time progresses, and I know a lot of these schedules are planned well in advance. I mean, Oklahoma, I think, has its non-conference set through, what, almost 2030. But do you think we'll continue to see Power Fives challenging other Power Fives as we learn more about the uh, playoff committee and their selection criteria? Absolutely. And, and to Oklahoma, and Joe Castiglione in particular, to their credit, you know, they've been doing this for a long time. They didn't, uh, in the BCS, you know, as we are going through the BCS, and there were certainly scenarios where you could kind of game the system and not play anybody out of conference. They didn't do that. They continued to schedule these high-profile home-and-homes. Um, you know, even and now that it's gone down to three uh, non-conference games in the Big 12 to play two of them against Houston and Oklahoma. That's I'm sorry, Houston, Ohio State. That's a, a strong scheduling. But I do think that's going to continue across the country. If you just look at next year's opening games, Florida State, Alabama, in Atlanta, Florida against Michigan and Arlington. And certainly those intercept, I mean those uh, neutral site games have helped promote some of those matchups, which you're also seeing home and homes. There's one this weekend that is completely under the radar, but Miami's playing at Appalachian State. Um, you're, <laughs> people are going, why are they playing that game? I, I think that's, you know, there's many reasons for that, but um, the, the days of just loading up on these guarantee games, first of all, it's really expensive. I mean, we're starting to get into 1.5 million, 1.6 million for the big-name programs to get a Sunbelt team to come play once, that's extremely expensive. But also, I mean, people are recognizing that you're, who you play at a conference matters. Baylor found that out maybe two years ago. You know, Oklahoma last year, same record, Big 12 champ. Uh, that game at Tennessee helps ensure that they weren't going to have the same problem. So, I definitely think we'll see it going forward. All right, thanks for joining us on the tailgate for the Sooner Sports Podcast. Don't forget, we'll have a complete recap of not just this game, but a full weekend in Sooner Athletics with the refresher on Monday morning, and then it's the pregame. It's the fun with Toby on Tuesday. We call it the game plan, so that'll be next Tuesday. Even with the bye week, we'll still have you covered here on the Sooner Sports Podcast. So until Monday morning, enjoy game day and Boomer Sooner, everybody. This has been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.